Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. Join me as we explore spirituality, sexuality, wellness, and the magical world around us. Hello, beautiful beings. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within Podcast. It is one I am very thrilled to get to share. So if you listened to my episode last week, my solo episode, we talked a lot about my morning rituals, my morning practices, and I mentioned how important meditation is to me and to my spiritual journey. It helps me get centered, settled, It calms my anxiety, and it really is the one thing that I feel like has made me the person I am today. So I am so thrilled to get to introduce you to our guest today because her podcast is one I use regularly. Her podcast is called The Morning Ritual, and I found it a few months back when I was getting back into the practice of sitting on a cushion every morning, taking time to myself, and I needed some inspiration to help me on that path. Her meditations are quick, easy, and they're perfect little snippets to help you start your day. In this episode today, we talk about the benefits of morning rituals, how to combat anxiety through meditation, how she started a podcast during a pandemic, and we give you some inspiration to hopefully help you start a meditation practice as well. So I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest, Lily Balch. Lily is a Brooklyn-based creative, therapeutic yoga instructor, meditation teacher, and the creator and host of the Morning Ritual podcast. She seeks to support your sense of presence, internal strength, and inner peace through a balanced combination of movement and stillness. In order to bring a greater body, mind, and spirit awareness to her art, having been a dancer her whole life, she delved into the practice of yoga 10 years ago. She brings a mindful, positive, and bright energy to her teaching. So please join me in welcoming Lily Balch to the Light Within podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. Hello. I am so happy to be here. So my first question is, what ignites your light within? Okay. I am going to turn this right around (laughs) and ask you what your definition of the light within is. I think the light within is the thing that lights you up the most. So I think it's very individualistic. But for me, it's sharing things I'm passionate about, talking to people who are also passionate about the things that I am, and being real and uncensored and authentic. And all of those are reasons why I started the podcast, because I've lived my life on TV for 13 years, not really being able to do any of those things clearly because of, you know, what you can and can't say on TV. And obviously the viewers on television are much different than those online, but being able to be open and honest about who I am is what lights me up. And I think that that truly is what my light is all about. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, we're on the absolute same page here. I, I kind of centered my whole career around the light within. So I am a yoga teacher and a meditation instructor. And the thing that really ignites my light, really inspires me is when I get to share those practices with other people, right? Like you said, sharing your passion. And yeah, so I firmly believe in reciprocal energy. 
right? So people come to yoga to want to feel better, want to feel connected to themselves and want to tap into their inner light. So I have to go there myself, right? I have to feel connected and inspired in order for my students and my clients to feel that same energy. So there are a number of things that really ignite my light within. That's the first to come to mind is sharing yoga and meditation. Of course, practicing that myself taps me into it. So they go hand in hand. But another thing that comes to mind is the beauty of nature. I know it sounds kind of cliche, but it never fails me. Like I live in Brooklyn. I'm here right now. It's kind of gray and cold and rainy. And I actually recently got back from a trip to Florida where I'm originally from. So I carved out a couple weeks to be down there right by the beach. And every single morning I would see the sunrise and it would energize me and inspire me and make me feel connected. And it was the perfect way to start the day. So I, this morning in my meditation practice, I went there in my mind because it's like, I don't know, it's a little gloomy today. So I had to go there in my mind and I felt that little light. And that's another thing. One more thing about the light within is I firmly believe it's always there. And I'm sure you can agree. I mean, this is what your whole podcast is centered around. But I some days it's beaming out of our pores, right? Other people can see that we're so connected to that light. And other days we can forget that it's there. And just like stoking a campfire and you need to grab, you know, sticks and um, wood and tend to the fire. We have to tend to our light within every single day, which is a huge part of my morning. Every morning, it's like a daily practice. Yeah. And I love that you were saying it's always there within us because I think that's also part of what led me to the podcast is because I had felt like I dimmed my light for so long, for so many years through the traumas that I've gone through with getting divorced and having an eating disorder for years and years and years. And finally, within the last couple of years, I had my spiritual awakening in 2019 and only within the last couple of months getting sober and reading a book by Sahara Rose called Discover Your Dharma did I feel like I was like, okay, now I'm fully lit up and I know what it means and how to continue to fuel the fire without letting the things in my past dim it. I've lived through those things and still have those things impact me, but that doesn't impact the light. Mm, I actually just got goosebumps. (laughs) It's so real. It's so real. The light is always, always there. We just have to sit and look at it and take actions that will just make it brighter. Right. So one of the things that has really helped me make mine brighter are my morning rituals. And that's how I found you. So I think I was just looking on the podcast app for literally morning rituals. And lo and behold, there's your podcast, The Morning Ritual. And I just love it because it is those um, little quick meditations that are perfect to start your day. So I'd love to talk about first, what's your morning ritual? Mm, Okay. So it's developed over many, many years. And 
I don't want to go into it too much because it's very detailed, but <laughs> basically I try to wake up around 6 a.m. And I avoid screens as much as I possibly can. And one thing, this was my first morning ritual years ago, was a warm cup of lemon water. That's where it started. I would wake up, warm cup of lemon water, and then I'd just go about my sort of mindless day. But that was the start. And it's developed over the years. And now I start my day with that warm cup of lemon water, my coffee, and meditation. Some people need to get up and get moving right away. And that allows the mind to wake up. I find if I get moving, I just jump into the rest of my life with that sort of go, go, go energy. So I need to sit in meditation for the first 20 minutes of my day. And then from there, I have my journal and I make the effort to write, even if it's for one minute, just to write. Usually that one minute bleeds into 20, 30 minutes of, of writing. Sometimes it's very detailed planning of the day, setting my intentions. And sometimes it's stream of consciousness, like, oh my God, I had this wild dream, da, 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 and it goes into a whole other thing. But that is where it begins. And I like to spend the first hour of my day focused around preparing me for the rest of the day. So starting with meditation, moving into journaling, and then my movement practice, be it a yoga flow or going to the gym, I need to move my body and then I'll have a nourishing breakfast. And how have you seen your life change since you started dedicating that hour in the morning to that practice? Oh my gosh, it's dramatically different. Dramatically different. I started like I just said, with the warm lemon water, because my digestive system was giving me a lot of issues. And starting with that conscious effort and sort of awareness that I'm doing this to for my digestive system made me change the way I ate for the rest of the day. And I firmly believe when you change the way you eat, you change the way you feel. Mm-hmm. You are what you eat. So it bled this sense of mindfulness throughout the rest of my day, whether it was like what I was consuming in food or what I was consuming in relationships, in the 24-hour news cycle, the books I was choosing, the podcasts I was choosing. It just made me bring mindfulness into the rest of the day, which transformed, transformed my life. Yeah. And there's more energy in my day when I have that morning ritual, right? If I spend, even if it's 30 minutes, just moving my body and getting those endorphins flowing, just having more energy throughout the day. And when I have a clear, you know, intention, I don't always have an intention every single morning, but some mornings I need it. Right. So, but when I have that clear intention and I come back to it throughout the day, it's like a little, little North star knowing, okay, I'm connecting to my authentic self. I'm connecting to the direction that I want to head in. I love all of that. And I love the lemon water thing. I need to start that myself. So when did like your spiritual path start either dictating or at least 
moving what you started doing in the mornings? Because I know you mentioned, you know, when we were talking before the podcast a bit about your spiritual path as well. Do you think that those two things go hand in hand? Did your spiritual path lead you to want to do these more advanced or more long morning rituals or is it vice versa? Oh yeah. Spiritual path came first. So, you know, I was talking about this the other night. It's kind of personal, but I'm down to share it. When I, I have had anxiety my entire life. Hmm, I have, yeah. <laughs> like I'm sure many listeners and many people. And I, as a kid, I had no idea what I was doing. And I have, a, you know, a loving family and, you know, a not traditional family, but I definitely was an anxious child. And I have memories of me drawing a bath and taking essential oils I'm eight years old and I'm laying in the bath and I put on relaxing. I put on Enya in my little CD like stereo and I, it sounds so funny, but I would lay there and see how relaxed I could get, how slow my heart could beat and how long my breaths could be. I didn't know what I was doing, but that's, what we do in meditation, slowing down our breaths, our heart rate slows down, our body relaxes. So there's little memories in my mind of connecting to my spiritual practice before I even knew what that was. No one taught, no one told me what yoga was. No one told me what meditation was until I was much older and I found it. So when I was 18 years old, I went into my first actual yoga class and I was like, wow, I feel at home in my body for the first time in a while, Mm -hmm. in a long time. And I went on to study dance in college. And as a dancer, you're looking in the mirror and you're moving from a place of what I look like from the outside in. In Mm -hmm. yoga, you're moving from a place of what do I feel like from the inside out. So... I, oh, from 18 to 25-ish, I transitioned from movement for performance sake to movement for healing sake out of, I'm still considered a dancer, but I focus a lot more of my energies on, on yoga and meditation. And in that process, those many years, my spiritual path became much clearer, mm-hmm. much more obvious. Although I think I've been on the spiritual path since I was really young. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been drawn to it, but it became much clearer in the, you know, in those years. And that is when I had my warm lemon water moment. <laughs> it's because I actually did a yoga teacher training. We were learning about, it was Ayurveda based. Mm-hmm. And we were, um, I learned from my constitution, my dosha, you know, you know, Ayurveda, I I should be waking up really early, you know, 5am to meditate before the sun rises. So I woke up at 5am to meditate. And from there, I was like, oh, okay, I'll try this warm lemon water thing. And so it yeah, they do go hand in hand. And then I sort of didn't commit to meditating every morning, but I did commit to my warm lemon water. Yeah. And then it just, okay, I felt so much better. And then I wanted to add something else and something else and something else. So 
yeah, the spiritual path came first, the desire to want to feel better in my body. And so I know your practice is a long morning practice and so is mine. I don't have any children. I don't think you have any children either. So what would you say to folks who think, oh, I don't have the time to spend on doing all these practices or they feel overwhelmed or maybe boxed in by their morning practice? Oh, oh yeah. So I do not have kids, but during the pandemic this past year, I did bring a puppy English bulldog into the family. <laughs> And I felt my morning routines went out the window. Uh huh. Puppies are no joke. They're a lot of work. And so I I can kind of relate. I would wake up and the first thing I would do is just run my little puppy downstairs. You know, she has to go to the bathroom and then you have to feed her. And then, oh my gosh, I have a client, right? I would lose my mornings. And it actually really affected the rest of my days and really affected the quality of like my life. So what I did is I set my alarm five minutes earlier, five minutes, nothing, five. And before I got out of bed, before the puppy could hear me, before the kids can hear you, before the life gets going, lay in bed and just do a couple minutes of breath work or meditation, right? This is kind of why I created the morning ritual during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. The same time that I got this puppy, the same time my morning rituals were being affected. So it was, I can, I can absolutely relate. And so I think that's why I was so drawn to creating five, seven, 10 minute meditations, because it's not realistic to do 30 minute meditation every morning, especially if you have kids, an early job, puppy, a partner, like I understand all of that. So you can listen to a guided meditation or if you're not particularly into meditating or you're not drawn to that right now, roll your head, your wrists, your ankles around and feel your body, feel within your body for two minutes Put your feet on the ground and just feel your feet on the ground. Take a deep breath before you move about your day. That will have an effect on the rest of your day. Mm. One mindful moment. I love that. One mindful moment. And I love that you mentioned that you started your podcast during the pandemic because I feel like 2020 was so just terrible for mental health, terrible. And the fact that you decided to give of yourself in podcast form to help people for free, talk to me about why you made the decision and how you have noticed mental health become something people need to take more care of in the last 12 months, especially. Oh, yeah. So March 15th, Right. It's like the date I have in my mind where March 15th, 2020, where the world sort of, you know, locked down and we're mm -hmm. in the US. And I lost a lot of work, like many, many people, and a lot of free time on my hands. So I immediately thought, okay, I need to harness this energy, this stir crazy. <laughs> yet semi-creative energy into something. 
And so I created the Morning Ritual podcast and I made this crazy intention to myself to post every single day for three months straight. Oh gosh. Okay. I know. So I was like, I, and this is my, this is my thing. I'm like, I can totally do that. Like what? I'll just, you know, come into a comfortable position, take a deep breath, feel your hips on the ground, think of something you're grateful for and have a lovely day. Like how hard is that? (laughs) Oh, but it was so challenging. And so then I slowly went from every single day to three times a week to once a week. And now there's enough content in there to pull from that I feel comfortable posting when I'm, you know, really inspired. But I immediately, I had no intention of it gaining as much traction or following as it did. I was just made this commitment to myself to post meditations every day to share with my semi-small community at the time, right? Like my family and my friends and my clients. Mm -hmm. Let's, you know, add a little structure into this uncertainty and into this really stressful situation that I would have no idea would go on for over a year, Mm -hmm. right? So I was amazed at, went from 200 listens in a day, 300, I was like, oh, 500 listens today and then 3,000 listens the next day. I was like, oh, okay, we're on to something. Getting messages from strangers saying, oh my gosh, I can get out of bed this morning. Thank you. And so it was those little messages that kept me wanting to create more and that really shined a light on how important taking care of our mental health is, right? And how mindfulness and meditation really, really can transform our relationship to stress, to anxiety, to depression, to our emotions, and to our thoughts, right? And so I've seen a lot of desire to deepen, you know, people's meditation practice. And it's been a journey for for me as well to learn from what people need what people um, are craving right now, which, yeah, is some serious relaxation, folks. Like, I, for the past year, the entire world has been in chronic fight-or-flight mode, chronic stress mode. And I've seen some people ignore the magnitude of that and not take care of themselves. And eventually hit a wall, hit a moment where they're like, whoa, I feel this all at once. This is is a lot. So yeah, anything to trigger the relaxation response right now and for honestly many more months to come, even when everyone in the world is vaccinated and life goes back to what the new normal is triggering that relaxation response practicing self-care releasing stuck stress is more important than ever in my mind absolutely and i do think the one thing that came out of 2020 for me is the eradication of the word should like 
should just became something that I stopped thinking about. Like I should be doing this. I should be doing this. And when, when I knew I needed to just make sure I was surviving and thriving, but I also started slowing down so much more because you're saying, you know, everything shut down. My gym was closed. All the things I would usually do in the morning weren't, weren't happening. I'd walk the dogs and that was pretty much it. Do a little workout outside, but it made me for the first time, stop feeling like I had to do all the things because I do put so much pressure on myself. That's my personality to feel like I need to be doing this. And I couldn't be present because I'm always thinking about X, Y, and Z thing I should be doing next versus what I'm doing now. So I love that about 2020 for me personally, because it did make me feel like not only was it okay, but it was necessary to just chill out and slow down and stop trying to do all the things because when the whole world shut down, everything was pretty much just on fire. We had to figure out how to keep going. And the things that weren't important anymore just like fell by the wayside. And I haven't picked those things back up again. And it's yeah. been nice. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm inspired by you. I <laughs> I completely agree. We need to release the shoulds and... I do hope that many people like you have learned the importance of rest in our culture. We don't value rest as much as we should. So as much as we should look at me (laughs) using the word should, but no, anyways, I am, I look, I have this book called daring to rest right next to me, reclaiming your power with rest meditation right? It is a way to come back to yourself in the most authentic, powerful way. You don't need to power it through to, um, yeah, be your most authentic, brightest, biggest, healthiest self. It's a balance. It's a balance. It is a balance. And I never really fully understood that before. And I will say, you know, the meditation's definitely a thing that I've committed to and that I, I'm doing. I'm actually taking a meditation teacher certification training myself right now. Very excited about that. Um, and I am not so big on yoga, but I do love yin yoga. I'm obsessed with that. Um, and yoga nidra, <laughs> probably just because I love being able to go to sleep without the anxiety. Um, but I want to talk a bit about some new offerings that you have going on online, because first of all, I think 2020 was also really good when it came to us being able to access content we had no ability to get before I was able to do online workshops with people in Australia on topics I could never find in tiny central Texas where I live right now, connecting with folks like you and, you know, Brooklyn and in LA because we had to go online. So while online has the potential to be a really seedy, toxic place, I think for a lot of folks who wanted to look for the positivity, they found it in 2020. And now you're giving even more with some of your virtual offerings. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. I joked the other day, I was like, it's only taken me a full year of teaching online to launch uh, my virtual studio. It's like, I, I, I can't be hard on myself because I, I launched the podcast in 2020, but it's taken me, it's taken me a while to realize, oh, I should do this. Right. I let, it ignites my light within is sharing my practices. So um, yes, what I'm doing is I have three core offerings. I'm finding stillness, 
a 20 minute meditation class. Finding flow is a 60 minute yoga class and finding balance is the blend of yoga and meditation. Three classes once a week. It's on, you know, you can sign up on my website and for those of you listening, your first class is on me if you use the promo code intro. So I, I did find, like you just said, once the world went virtual, I could practice with my favorite teachers in London, in LA, all over the world. And what I noticed with a lot of classes that I joined in on, these general yoga classes, is they were incredible vinyasa classes, incredible intelligent sequencing, and, you know, textbook amazing yoga classes pre-pandemic, where you'd go into a yoga studio, you want to flow, you're feeling great, and then I kept running into these classes where I'm like, this is an amazing flow, so intelligent, like, look at my teacher doing handstands and, like, all this stuff, but I was like, like I was just saying before, this is, this is, we're in a really stressful time and we need to adjust the practice to what's going on in, in our world. So that is something I'm trying. That's my intention with my classes, my virtual offerings is to make them very therapeutic by nature, to slow down more than usual and to really prioritize the rest, even in the yoga practice, like yoga, the, the postures were designed so that you could sit in meditation. So we'll move in a way that prepares you for a really deep, restorative experience. So that is something I'm trying to bring into the world of virtual offerings, which I, I'm sure many teachers are doing, but the the majority of classes I'm running into are phenomenal, but I'm like, oh, honey, I need to slow down. I need to slow, slow down. Yeah. And I love that. And I'm very excited to try some of your, your classes out myself. So what else do you want to share with us about morning rituals or about meditation, about making it through 2021 that I haven't asked you about? Let's talk meditation for a moment. If you are new to the practice, if you've never meditated before, even if you're a long-term meditator, I have to remind myself all the time that there's no like right or wrong way to meditate. There's no right or wrong way to breathe. There's no good or bad emotion, right? As I've been conditioned and like many people to run from, I mean, it's actually human nature, I think, to run from difficult emotions, difficult thoughts, difficult um, situations. And so sometimes when I sit to meditate, even to this day, been meditating for 10 plus years and been teaching it for five years, I'll sit down and be like, oh, my, my breath is too shallow. Oh, my mind is just racing. Oh, why can't I just like drop right into my deep 
state of relaxation. And it's like, no, 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 that is not the practice. The practice of meditation is to be so, so authentic with yourself, to be exactly where you're at and to sit with that. It's meditation isn't about becoming a better person. Meditation isn't about becoming a different person. Meditation is about becoming more you. And the more you that you are, the more authentic that you are, the better your life will feel. <laughs> like it's as simple as that. So it's a process of getting closer to yourself, not becoming this better person. And I think that is where social media sometimes confuses us, especially, I don't know, when we look at people in the wellness world. There's this idea they should look and feel and think a certain way. And it's like, no, no, no. The work is to be the most authentic version of yourself. So, yeah, I hope that helps. So as you go through the next year, and if you want to take on a meditation practice, be easy. Be easy on yourself. Be easy and Keep staying real, like you said at the beginning. <laughs> Just be real <laughs> with yourself, and it'll encourage the people around you to do the same. Mm, I love all of that. That was amazing. And I love that meditation is the practice because you're practicing it. It's not the perfect. <laughs> it's not that I got this all figured out. It's the practice, and sometimes practice goes really well, and sometimes practice is crap. So that's all well and good, and it's all going to be the journey to helping you find your best self. Yeah. And no one, I've never, ever heard someone say they regret meditating today. So you have nothing to lose. <laughs> I love it. Where can folks find you and connect with you online? Oh, you can find me on my website, lilybalchyoga.com or on Instagram at Lily Balch or at the Morning Ritual Podcast. And I will put all of those links in the show notes as well. Lily, thank you so much for talking with me. This has been great. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. And in a few months time, when you finish your meditation training, maybe we have you on the podcast. Oh, okay. I'll have, that'll be something for me to like <laughs> put, put my blinders on and get in there for sure. I have enjoyed this so much. Thanks so much for spending time with me. Thank you so much. What a beautiful conversation with Lily. I can't tell you how excited I was to have her on the podcast because I really do use her meditations in my morning rituals almost every single day. They are so easy to digest. They're quick, they're simple, and you really can just tune out for eight to 10 minutes, pop one of those podcasts on and listen to really get a great start to your day. So please check her out on her social media. I'll put all of her links in the show notes. And also remember, you can always Always connect with me at Leslie Draffin on Instagram, at the Light Within Podcast on Instagram. You can also email me at the Light Within Podcast at gmail.com, and you can find me on Facebook as well. Thank you so much for spending time with me. I hope this gave you some inspiration on getting started in meditation and maybe your own morning practices as well. Remember, there's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.